Hey friends, it's Shanika here. On this week's episode, we interviewed Rachel Hartley, a registered dietitian and nutritionist, blogger, and soon-to-be published author. Her book, Gentle Nutrition, A Non-Diet Approach to Healthy Eating, arrives February 23rd. It's now available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and IndieBound.org. Go ahead and pre-order now. The pre-order numbers really make a difference for authors. Gentle Nutrition, a non-diet approach to healthy eating, as Rachel described, is 60% reference and 40% recipes. And if you follow Rachel on Instagram, which I highly suggest, you'll see she is always making yummy yet nutritious meals. Rachel's also a certified nutrition eating counselor. When I first started following Rachel, I just learned more about eating for your dosha. I'm Pitta with Vata right behind. And why not all healthy food will suit your type? and healthy, I should state, I have it in quotations. For example, I speak about how white rice suits me better than brown rice. I learned it's better to eat meals that will actually satiate you. For as long as I've been following Rachel, she has always spoke about intuitive eating. In Rachel's words from her website, gentle nutrition explores what healthy eating looks like from a non-diet perspective. It teaches you how to improve your relationship with food and how to take care of your body with real life tips and tools that have helped my clients. By taking food off its pedestal as the end-all be-all of health, gentle nutrition creates space for engaging with nutrition in a more relaxed and sustainable manner. When we leave diet culture behind and the assumption that weight equals health behind, we can focus on truly honoring our health and well-being. In the episode, we talk about how Rachel got into her profession, how there are different factors that affect the number on the scale, uh, there's about 120 of them. Diversifying the dietitian world, as she stated, it's a very white profession. Nourishment versus deprivation, how certain cultures, mainly Southern Black cultures, meals are looked at as quote unquote unhealthy. We also discussed food deserts, why food and politics do go together. And of course, her book. We truly enjoy talking to Rachel and we'll definitely have her back on. As always, thank you for listening. Hey, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. How are y'all? Thank you for having me. Well, so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And, you know, I've got questions on questions. (laughs) But before uh, we get into it, I just want to talk about how I, I guess, met, discovered, learned about you. It was several years ago. I was reading a book and it was talking about lifestyle. Um, and it was talking about doshas, which is what, you know, the Ayurveda um, method like kind of goes off of. You could be a kapha, pitta, or vata, or a mixture. You know, there's usually one dominant and there's a second one that's a little bit close behind. And, um, you know, I took the quiz and it was telling me, you know, things I should eat versus this and that. And I talked to you a little bit at the market how, you know, I would try to eat the brown rice because, you know, brown rice is better than white, you know, stay away from the bleach stuff. And I would just be like, I mean, it's good, but it's just not hitting the way it should. Mm-hmm. And with, um, I'm Pitta mainly, and it was like, try jasmine rice or white rice. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just try that. And I enjoyed it so much better. And basically it was talking about, you know, eat what makes you feel good. And I think Janelle, when we first started a podcast, I had talked about that. I was like, you know, I eat salads because I genuinely love the way a salad tastes. But if you don't like a salad, you're most likely going to splurge later on because you're not satisfied. Like you've got to enjoy eating what you are having and that's I think another reason why I love to cook because I there's joy in my cooking there's joy in my ingredients right and then I saw I think I was talking to my friend um Jordan about it and then I think she may have tagged you or shared you and you were talking about intuitive eating I'm like that's what I'm doing 
<laughs> and I just thought that was so amazing. I'm like, why does other people not know about this? Why are we like, <laughs> you know, like you do that look around, like, wait a minute, <laughs> am I the only one? Well, my story finding you on Instagram was much less interesting. I just, <laughs> I just liked your clothes and I was like, follow her. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's totally fine. There was like one summer when I was like um, making a bunch of shorts and like, I used like a, I think my tagline, I was like, oh, just whip it up another pair of shorts. My friend was like, oh, just whip it up another pair of shorts, huh? Like, it's so easy. Like, it's so, like, it's a thing. Like, you know, I'm going to whip up another badge of brownie. Oh, you know, whip up this real thing real quick. And it's like, child. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just really appreciated that. And I mean, it's still, I want to say it's been five-ish years I've been following you. And still to this day, you're still talking about that. Like, you haven't wavered on your message. Um, so, you know, I just, I appreciate that. Like, you're not going with the trends. You're like, no, look, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. And it's not going to change. Right. Right. No kind of hopping on to the next like diet trend, which is yeah. something that you see with a lot of people in the yes. yeah. face of like, yes, like first we're whole 30 and then we're paleo and then we're this. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I have learned so much in the past five years, like looking back mm-hmm. on things that, that, um, you know, that I might've shared or said five years ago, seven years ago, whenever, um, you know, I, I see where I have learned so much and there's things that I don't necessarily like agree with myself from, <laughs> from then. Well, that's the natural progression though. Yeah. That shows growth, you know, embarrassing if that would be not great if I had not, you know, learned in, in five mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I guess we can just get started with, you know, how, why you chose this profession. Um, and yeah, just go from there. Like if there was just something personal with you or is this just something that just always interests you? Yeah. So, um, yes. So I was actually, um, when I was at Clemson, I was a psychology major and I kind of like, I guess it was my sophomore year. I was kind of getting a little bit of like, I don't really know what I want to do with this. Like this just isn't like, I don't want to go into research and I, I couldn't really see myself as a therapist, which is very funny because while I'm not a therapist, like I certainly use a lot of like therapeutic models, like in yeah. my, my work with like one-on-one work with clients. So I, I probably am more akin to what people think of as a therapist than, than a dietitian, like telling you like, don't do this, don't do yeah. that. Um, anyhow, um, no, so my mom actually, she works in, in public health. And so she introduced me to some dietitians that she worked with. And I was just like, really interested. I always had a, um, you know, just like an interest and a, a love of food, um, like my whole life, like that was just like, I really enjoyed food and trying new foods and like, yeah. And then so it was- yeah, I, I raised my hand, by the way, y'all like that's me. <laughs> yeah, like if, if I had a title of a book, it'd be always hungry. <laughs> Look, I would be the companion workbook of I stay greedy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is us right there. <laughs> oh, like food is like, I don't know. Like, it's just like loving food, I think is just a really cool and very underappreciated thing. So true. Um, yeah. So, so I, um, I started, I ended up doubling, uh, doubling up with psych and, and um, nutrition and it kind of went from there. <laughs> cool. Um, and so since we talked about it a little bit, intuitive eating, like, so you were saying that, um, you know, you look back at five years from five years ago and you're like, Ooh, you know, why did I suggest that? What kind of led you to the path where you're more about like 
calories are, you know, you're probably off, you know, you're, I saw you posted something like your watch tracker is probably off because it's about something about lifting weights, you know, how yeah. to not go by these guidelines and really listen to your body. You know, sometimes on your um, story, you share like what you've made or what you've ate in a day and stuff. So, um, so yeah. So when I first started as a dietitian, I definitely practiced in a much more like traditional kind of dietetics lens. Like, you know, I, I, you know, essentially practice under a lens of where, you know, um, much more diet focus, much more, um, you know, goal of like, you know, weight loss and weight management kind of being this like overarching kind of thing. Like, um, you know, just how you sort of probably traditionally think of a dietitian. Um, that is, is how I, I practice with clients. Um, now, granted, I, I first started in a very clinical hospital setting, but this was once I moved to an outpatient setting, you know, I was doing a lot of like air quote weight management. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as I was working in that setting, I was really seeing how like, A, just like what I was doing wasn't really helping people like actually be healthier and live a life that that was in line with their values like I would see where some of my advice on like you know portion control or like calories or whatever like just how people like there were a lot of people who would you know follow that advice to a T and their weight wouldn't budge and it was like right. hey, I thought mm -hmm. I was taught that like calories in calories out this whole thing right and I would see people where it would lead to this these very disordered patterns with food where mm -hmm. you know they'd be like very restrictive and then binging on food and right. so I was really starting to see like huh like this is not the thing like this is not like what I've been taught um to do just really actually isn't like helping people so mm -hmm. um so with that I, I started to learn a little bit more at like kind of drawing a bit more on like my psychology background started learning more about mindful eating mm -hmm. as I sort of learned more about that started learning a little bit more about like was introduced to intuitive eating and and adapting that model and um you know and then really health at every size which is um really an approach that um that says that that we can regardless of one's body size we can work on actively um on health promoting behaviors without making like the number on the scale the focus and in fact for for many people like weight loss for, for many, if not most people, like weight loss isn't necessarily the the route to health, like the way to yeah. improve health. No, so absolutely. That. Because that's just like another thing you're unhealthily becoming obsessed with. Um, there was like a time when I would like weigh myself in the morning, then I would work out and then I'd weigh myself after that. And then I'd weigh myself at night just to know like how I fluctuate. I don't know why I thought that was okay. <laughs> And it was just so much. Um, and I then for a long time, I didn't have a scale. And I just like happened to have one. Like my aunt was moving. My mom was like, here's a scale. So <laughs> it just kind of like hangs like in the bathroom. I do weigh the boys like when I do like their stats or whatever. But I don't, I try to stay away from it um, just because, you know, of like, muscle this and like you know the time that you're weighing yourself you know if it's your cycle coming up and there's just like so many factors and i can't get on a scale and whether the number is like what i want or not what i want to be like well maybe because of this happening that happening like that's like a lot of stress right there and then um you i was gonna say it's variables you know? too many variables and i was gonna say it's probably a good thing you do have the psych major because you do know that there are other things that play factor in weight loss or weight gain and you know stress being one of 
them or what's going on in someone's life. Um, you know, I talked to Janelle and I were huge into skincare and I've been telling her, um, I can't stand it when people tell me, oh, wow, you look good for your age because that has nothing to do with it. It's more about you look good right. for your lifestyle. Correct. Um, Cause you know, I've seen some younger kids and I'm like, no, <laughs> Baby, but, you had a hard life. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's more about like, okay, what's, you know, your lifestyle and people, basically the main thing is like, I don't stress it. I mind my business, you know, this and that, and that I'll all plays the factor, you know, of course, drink my water, but that all plays a factor in, you know, how they, you know, look, feel all of that, which, you know, goes back to, the intuitive, um, you know, eating or feeling. And I mean, you can even add that to, you know, what you do on a daily in your life. Like, are you going to binge watch all day or maybe get up and walk around or do something? So I don't know. It's just never just like one thing. (laughs) You know, it always surprises people. So there are over 120 different factors that influence the number on the scale. There's over, yeah, over 300 different connections between those. So we think of weight as being this thing that like is entirely within our control. And, you know, yes, are there things that behaviors that one might engage in that could influence Mm -hmm. the number on the scale? Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, but so many more of those factors are things that are, um, you know, that aren't, uh, you know, that, that we don't have control over, um, you know, examples like, um, and, and sometimes I should say, like, sometimes changes that people make, like, in the pursuit of weight loss end up like, because of their exact genetics, um, just end up going like, like, not working the way that they were sold. Um, right. Some people have more have gut bacteria, that is more effective at, at pulling energy and pulling calories. And some people like when they have a caloric deficit, they have more like survival based genes that are like, oh, heck no, like we are going to like store, like we're not going to starve ourselves. We're going to slow down our, our metabolism um, much more to, to uh, compensate for this. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, some people like, you know, adapting their diet to whatever latest like trend is like, mm-hmm. again, that can, that can cause metabolic and, and digestive shifts in their body. And so we think of like, when someone is at a higher weight, you know, our, our sort of like weight or really our fat phobic culture is very, has the sense of like, well, that's because you're not doing the right things. And right. the right thing is always this like overly simplistic kind of like, again, calories in calories out, right. but um, that's not it. And that's not even to mention things like, you know, trauma history and like, you know, access to food. Like there's all these factors. Uh where what's mm-hmm. like this very like simple, like just eat healthy, whatever. And you can control your body, like work out more. Um, and it's, it's not, and, and that's where, you know, really intuitive eating and health at every size come in, like no matter someone's body size, like you deserve access to like, do the things like eat the white rice that makes you feel more satisfied or yeah. eat the white rice that makes you feel better. Like you deserve space to figure out like what feels good for you without like this um, obsessive focus on the scale. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of takes us to what else I talked about was nutrition and politics. And you kind of talked about it a little bit about where someone lives, you know, for my other job, I travel a lot. And I mean, it is just absolutely scary and sad and disappointing and all the other emotions that you can think of to see, um, 
food deserts that are out there. Someone said to use another word besides desert. I can't remember what it was. Apartheid. Food what? Food apartheid. Was that the... Oh, God, no. I haven't heard that one. I've heard that one. I've heard um, there's food insecurity. Maybe another. that's what it is. Maybe yeah. that's insecurity. But either way, it's just like, you know, you know, the three of us have privilege in complaining about going a couple miles up the road and having to choose which grocery store to go to, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been in places where the closest grocery store is like 10, 15 miles away. Yeah. So think about having to get like, that's inconvenient. You know what I mean? So think mm-hmm. about having to make sure you plan out, you know, your groceries or whatever. I mean, I'm sometimes I'm in a grocery store every day, <laughs> but I do love a grocery store. I don't know why. I, do, I love <laughs> that. I love that food. is all you can do. <laughs> I love me. I am. I'm like, get in, get out. It's you up. Know? And it's like, okay, so, you know, they're going, and they want to try to find stuff so they want to get the fresh produce sometimes fresh produce doesn't last like a full week or whatever it all depends and so what's getting thrown up all over the place dollar generals family dollars and what do they have there a bunch of like frozen stuff which can be okay sometimes a lot of preservative a lot of preservative foods sugar you know all of this stuff and then sometimes these places it's lower income so they're getting ebt so who accepts it dollar general and all these other places and then we want to judge them and say oh you're taking my tax tax dollars to buy candy bars this and that blah 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 but we're setting them up you know to fail I mean look back at I mean Gwyneth Paltrow when she did that stupid stint of buying groceries off EBT and she got like what four avocados and she was like well we have to start with a cleanse and I was like and she was like I wouldn't be able to make it off of this amount or whatever (laughs) yeah of course not (laughs) like come on now I think I remember that I remember when you yeah when like I she made it like a day and a half, two days. I don't know. It was a joke. Um, but I don't know. All of that stuff just pisses me off. I mean, and even like a food desert, there's actually one now that's happening not even five miles from where I live because they shut down like the Walmart and they're shutting down another one. And they're like, oh, well, they're shutting these grocery st- stores down because people keep on stealing. Okay, well, let's think about this. If people are stealing food it's because they're hungry. Why are they having to steal food? You know, is it because obviously they're not getting paid enough? Um, Walmart has Walmart more than an, Walmart. It. Yeah, Walmart has more than enough money to like do a community day and be like, here you go. You know what I mean? It's like instead or of putting the blame the on them, whole bank. Because I mean, yeah. like, you really do have the ability. It's just like, what are you? What is your priority? Which is always what my friend and I go back to. It's like follow the dollar. Yeah, follow the dollar. Yep. And you'll, you'll find the the priority in the things. But you're right. I, I know on Broad River, where I used to live, it's pretty much becoming... Um, yeah, that's what I'm difficult. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Very difficult to find uh, a grocery store you have. And a lot time. of these people don't have cars. You know, the public right. transportation, which is great, drives up and down the road. But it's like... Who's trying to do that with a week? And you grocery? can't carry all of that grocery. I don't know. It's just like... You know, they're being set up for failure. You know, I mean, no, you shouldn't steal stuff, but it's like if you're stealing some bread, like let's think about it. Why? You know? What like, are you I mean, I'm more upset about the way, like, I don't know, like Walmart, like they're like <laughs> they're paying them, their employees. Yeah, know? well, yeah, that's a whole other thing, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, how their employees are on um su- not subsidy, but um are needing to use these types of programs, social programs, but they're employed. Yeah. Because they're being underpaid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Correct. No words. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, of course, a lot of times these are happening in predominantly, you know, Black people. areas, you know, people of color. Um, 
So, and you've talked about that. I think it was like either on your stories. Um, yeah, I think it was on your, maybe it was on your main page, but you were like, you know, if you think um, dietitians shouldn't be involved in like politics and blah, 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 you're wrong. And here's why. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted you to, you know, elaborate more on that. Yeah. So yes. So we think of like dietetics as this very like apolitical kind of of, um, profession, but you know, the most important aspect of nutrition is whether someone has enough food and not just like any food, but like enough, like culturally appropriate food, enough, like pleasurable food, food that they have time to actually prepare, which when someone is, you know, working at, we're just really bashing Walmart today, but um, I'm okay with that. Um, but, you know, someone's working at Walmart and making like, you know, not a living wage and um, has to work multiple jobs and they don't have time to prepare fresh, fresh foods. Or if they live in a, a food desert and, and don't have access to a car and can't just like run up to the store when they forget an onion, like, you know, these are all like, someone like people have to have access to a wide variety of both nutritious and and you know like lots of nutritious foods but also just like fun foods and foods for pleasure like Mm -hmm. you cannot practice nutrition um you cannot engage with nutrition if you don't have access to to adequacy um I have sort of like a, a food pyramid of like nutrition needs. Um, so I have a little blog post on that and it's, it's in my book as well. But um, the bottom of the pyramid is adequacy. So, you know, for all the talk about like, you know, vitamin C and like blueberries and kale and all this great stuff, like that is lovely, but you have to have enough food. And so politics, like the the policies that, that you know, the politicians we vote for, the policies that they put into place, like that affects our clients and that affects like the people that we are trying to, you know, like I'm a big believer that like no one has to engage with nutrition if they don't want to, but like everyone deserves access to with nutrition, however they see fit. Like that does eating, eating air quote healthy, whatever that healthy means to you does not have to be a priority, but it does deserve to be a, a, um, a, like a choice in your option. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And so, um, and so, yeah, so, so really like, you know, in that post, I kind of talked about again, like making a living wage or like having access to grocery stores in your, your neighborhood and, you know, having enough money to be able to afford food and, and yeah, so, so dietetics, it really, like, it is a very, um, it should be a very political um, profession, but um, we are mostly a lot of white ladies in our profession, so <laughs> thus it has not been, so that want to have a pretty feed and yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty of it, but I mean, I actually just did like a massive unfollow of um, within the past two weeks of people where I'm like, okay, y'all really are not about shit. And <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, and I mean, honestly, you know, they're following so huge and me unfollowing them. It's not going to matter, but I'm just like, no, I can't even check in with you because it's like, you don't give a damn about what's going on. Um, Janelle sent something to me and it was like white influencers are like, you know, um, talk about, oh, it's like a little thing. I'll have to share it. And it's like, you it's know, a TikTok it's, video. it's a TikTok yeah. video and it goes something like, um, doesn't talk about politics, then says, oh my God, this is so crazy. And then says a Bible quote and then pray for our country, sad face emoji. But it's like, wait a minute, but you're still not really saying yeah. anything. That this like, is racist. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of like they all waited for that pretty photo of George Floyd to put on their feed, but have not done 
anything else. Um, anyways. Performative. Very performative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of it is very performative. Whereas you, you're like, no, look, this is what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I guess to say, I appreciate that, like on a personal level and you have shouted out other um, dietitians, especially of color, other people of color that, you know, don't have as many followings because, you know, it's like the proof's in a pudding, unless you're celebrity, you know, if you're white and a certain aesthetics, you're going to have more followings just because that's what people sadly um, still, um, their goal is to look like be or whatever brainwashed with the European type features, body, um, you know, all yeah. that good stuff. Um, but still speaking, cause you're talking about comfort food, whether it's their old, um, own culture, you've just talked about why, why is like, um, especially like Southern black food seem deemed unhealthy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So no, it's so interesting. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I lose my voice like every weekend. Um, oh. <laughs> Science. And so every oh, you're good. panic attack that I have COVID, um, which is <laughs> one thing. Um, so anyhow, um, yeah. So, so it's so interesting. Like we, and this is probably an area where I'm not like super, like my expertise level is not, well, <laughs> in a lot of these areas, like I am not the expert, but, um, but no, there, so we have a very like whitewashed view of what is healthy. Like I sort of think about, um, you know, like my healthy plate, like the government's kind of like food model. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. And how it's sort of this, um, like, you know, meat and starch and vegetable and like everything is on its little, and it's like, there's so many cultures that don't, you know, sort of eat in this sort of like main dish, like sides, mm-hmm. like kind of, kind of ways. So Right. Very much like our view of what healthy eating is because, you know, frankly, because dietetics in, in general, like we are the food people and we are a, um, again, like we are an extremely white profession. Like mm-hmm. it's just all white women determining like, you know, what is, um, like, what does healthy look like? And so that excludes a lot, a lot of cultures, mm-hmm. but, um, but specifically, and, and, um, there's a, a fantastic book um, by Sabrina Strings, um, Fearing the Black Body. And it really kind of details the the history of fat phobia and just how racism and how that sort of led to these sort of like biases, like, like led to fat phobia, like this idea of like fatness and, and, um, you know, all of our beliefs about fatness, like are actually, and, and health and weight are actually like relatively new, but mm-hmm. like basically like stigmatizing a culture's food, stigmatizing certain bodies, like that is another way of, of just kind of like othering people. Right. Um, so yeah, so it's really, and what's, what's incredible is that when you really look back at like, is that like Southern black food, like there are so many nutrition, like it's actually incredibly nutritious. Like mm-hmm. I think about, um, I, I used to work before I started my private practice. I, I worked at the VA hospital and um, did outpatient counseling there. And so I worked with a lot of like, especially older black men who had like grew, grown up in like rural areas of, of mm-hmm. especially like South Carolina, but just really rural areas all over the South. And when you would talk to them 
about food and like the foods that like their favorite foods and the foods that they grew up on, like, you know, all these, like they would talk like so lovingly about like beans and rice and like greens and like all this like really lovely food, but they had been taught that that was bad because like, oh, you use some like, you know, some pork in it or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, your food is too like, you know, air quote fatty and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so their concept of what like healthy eating was, it was this very sort of like, you know, nineties, like, you know, version of like lower fat and like, you know, just, um, yeah, just this, this very, um, this very, very whitewashed version. And it's so sad because it's, it's stealing people's, um, you know, food, food is one way we celebrate our culture and celebrate our identity. And then you're, you're stealing that, that cultural celebration from someone, but also like, like actually actively harming their health by replacing these like lovely nutritious foods with, with things that are like diet foods that, that Mm -hmm. aren't like, you know, (laughs) nutritious and yeah, sustaining and nourishing, which is a good point. I wanted to ask you a little bit more. So have you seen within your industry more call to action to cultural relevancy and being able to understand your bias and being able to correct that? Mm Mm-hmm. That is a huge conversation within our field right now. I want to definitely shout out like Diversified Dietetics is like just, um, it is um, two dietitians, two black dietitians who started it, but they're really um, making a big push to just like diversify our field. And they have like tons of just like amazing resources out there and have led some pretty like amazing conversations. Um, you know, there's also been dietitians like, you know, Jessica Wilson and, um, uh, Christina Johnson, a friend of mine who, um, she's at encouraging RD and, you know, really like have, have led these very needed conversations. Um, of course with that, there's a lot of pushback. Um, there was a fantastic article in the New York times that really detailed, like just, um, the experience of dietitians of color in our field. And of course, like a shocker of, of all shockers, like a day later, of course, like a, a pretty well-known like white male dietitian had to like write the rebuttal that was like, well, this article didn't offer any solutions about what to do. And I don't have any racism in my like, you know, group that I lead. And do, do, do. <laughs> Well, did his article offer solutions? Uh- um, yes, but they're like, not like, what makes you like, it's like, what makes you the expert? Like, what, what makes no, you, 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 you know, his, yeah, but his, his was probably like, we all just need to love each other. Yes. Yeah. I was, love that one. Oh, right. We're letters of reference for, um, you know, for black students and like stuff like that. Like I mm-hmm. honestly can barely get through to it, but I'm like, <laughs> like, why is today, like you have not offered any solution, like any solutions yeah. in the past. Like why is today the day that you feel threatened? The day that you have mm. to like, like I tell you that like, <laughs> <laughs> mediocre. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. I know. Confidence. <laughs> Oh my god! But I about lost my mind when I read. That. I was like, I just like, I, I like. Can you not just like spend a day like sitting and reflecting over what yeah. are their experiences? Are? Can you not? Can you just not like? It it would be great. Or even if my favorite, if this doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply. Right. Right. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like, cool. Good for you. Like if it, yeah. Like if it doesn't, like maybe you run like a really fantastic program and maybe it's super inclusive and like, 
all the things went right. Cool. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Go clearly replicate. Clearly other people don't. Like. Seriously. I just wanted to um, go back real quick talking about um, different cultures, especially, you know, the Southern culture um, of Southern food. And it also comes into how history was whitewashed. The, mm-hmm. A lot of what they cook with and why they cook is like the only options that they had. You know, right. you know, they were slaves, like, you know, their white owners got the good stuff and they were being nice, giving them like the gizzards and the, the, the parts. Yeah. The leftovers, um, which, and it's also so interesting though, because it's also what we, um, how we find other cultures like, you know, exotic or cool or whatever, because a lot of Asian cultures, like, you know, when they eat an animal, like a chicken or whatever, they eat it all. Whereas right. we were like, Oh God, their food is so exotic and cool. And look what I'm trying and this and that. But when it's like a Southern black person, we're like, Oh, they're fat, ugly and disgusting, you know? So that farm to table, like that was, it's, it's like a, it's a, uh, uh like a comeback to, or, or, you know, you're a renewing, but it's like, for certain individuals, like I think of my mom's family in particular, who grew up in the South and in the country in North Carolina, that's all they had. Like that, you know, I tell my mom all the time, I was like, you live the lifestyle that a hipster would dream of because you, you know, you lived on a homestead. <laughs> but it's true. And, it's true. <laughs> you ate everything you grew and, you know, it was all organic because, but it's like you had no other choice. You, you drank well water and all this other stuff and lived off the land, blah, blah, blah. But kind of like what Shanika is saying, like it, it goes to why, why are we looking, why are we perceiving things in this context as to be bad as opposed to in another context is gonna be good. Cause like you also see the recurrence of now we're all pro spices. So like turmeric and, you know, um, star anise and saffron and Himalayan salt and all these other things, which, you know, not to say we were using saffron at home but we were definitely using some spices and no one was really paying attention to it, but now they come back and they're like, oh, all these spices now contribute to, you know, that's why you don't see Alzheimer's or dementia heavily in Indian populations and da, 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 da. And it's just like, okay, so what, what, what are you telling us? Yeah, it's so interesting, like seeing, and this is something that I definitely know that I've been like guilty of in the past of, of sort of exotic, I can't say this word, exoticizing, <laughs> it's like always mouthful to me, like different cultures, foods, and, um, but it is so interesting, like what gets sort of like becomes like the health food and what, like how, uh, you know, the disparities in that, um, yeah, no, I, I love the, what you're sort of saying about um, just like your, your family growing up in this kind of like hipster's dream. Cause I, I sort of like look back, like, um, so I come from like a Jewish immigrant family and, and grew up in Brooklyn and, um, or at least on my mom's side, a Jewish immigrant family, but there was a lot of like, they would cook different like organ meats and like, you know, would have like a lot of these sort of traditional foods. And, um, and I always, and like growing up in Brooklyn, I always had access to like a lot of different cultures, foods. And so, but then I I moved to Atlanta and like the foods that I liked to eat were so shamed and like looked down upon. And I always felt, so I went on this like lunch thing in, in elementary school where I was like only eating turkey sandwiches because I didn't want like people to like laugh at me. Or <laughs> <because> I- <laughs> yes, yes. That is such a thing. Like a lot of like, you know, 
immigrant kids or kids that come from like a different culture, like that's their feeling. Like, you know, you go, you go to lunch and you're eating what's used to your home. And then everybody else is like, ew, gross. That stinks, whatever. Like, why is it, why, why is it staining your fingers? Why are you even eating it with your hands? What's, what's Yeah. Right. And then you think about like when, like, I like as you get older, like I remember um, very specifically when um, like sushi was something that that I liked and like obviously that doesn't come from my culture, but it was something that I always like always really enjoyed. And I remember getting like I said that at um like at, we, I was at camp and like a group of kids were just like, ew, you eat raw fish, Rachel's gross. And then like sushi has become like this like thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> MT, uh, curry, all this stuff. And you're like knowing good and well 10, 15 years ago when we were, well, actually, sorry, it's a little bit longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, I got to do my math real quick. But anyway, <laughs> decades ago, that was deemed, you know, unworthy or it was looked as weird and everything. And now full circle, we're adults and, you know, we're paying like high price for like sushi and kimchi and all the rest of that uh-huh. yeah I just want to um, point that my eight-year-old loves a lox and bagel <laughs> like, <laughs> he will go to town on one like I have to hide it sometimes he's like "Ooh, what's that I'm like none of yours nothing so um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, I want to speak to that Rachel because like that's really like one of the things that I'm noticing, especially with this whole food diet culture, is how quickly it changes to, I, I hate to say it's like, it's it's exotic because it's not of ours, quote unquote, like culture, but then they bring it and then they bastardize it and then profit off of it. Right, right. Like, I just really like, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I, it, it's, it's such a, yes, it is like this it's so interesting like what gets chosen to be like uplifted and and glorified and like what gets kind of like looked down upon and and just it's very I mean so much of it has to do like is rooted in in our sort of culture in like racial bias that already exists like you think about like Asian cultures and like Mm -hmm. Chinese food and how that's really looked down upon and Mm -hmm. and there was an interesting um like digging in my brain archives because I know I listened to like a really good podcast that was all about like the history of Chinese food in America and I it's that was too many years ago but yeah. um but then you think of like Japanese food and how that gets you know so there there's it really just food is like another way that that our, our racial bias really shows but um you know it's yeah it's it's just um yeah, I don't even know if I have anything more than like, it's just, it's really crappy. Like, it's, no, it's, that's sufficient. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that because it's, and I appreciate like you as a professional in your in, in your industry, bringing these topics up and, and having mm-hmm. these conversations mm-hmm. as well as, you know, educating yourself further on them. Because, you know, I think like when you were talking about, you know, having those meetings with the, you know, your client, especially at the VA, like when I was hearing you, like I immediately envisioned my uncles, you know? And so, cause they would have been those men that, you know, they did live out in rural, you know, Southern areas and the military was their form of getting out. And so they did their stint and everything. And, you know, it's a way of them to also have healthcare because short of that, they would not have had access. And 
having those conversations and them, you know, feeling demonized because of what they hold true as this is the food that I grew up on and sustained me because it made sense to have a high caloric diet. And this is kind of like a transition to one of the topics in our theme about calories, like to have a high mm -hmm. caloric diet meant something. If you were working in the field 16 hours a day, like you had to expend that much energy. So you needed to eat those like heavy dense foods, nutrient dense foods so that yeah. you can do that intensive labor, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. It's um, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. Cause it really, I'm, I'm just really appreciative to other, um, you know, dietitians, like dietitians of color in, in our field who have like opened up and, and shared experiences and really like, you know, been brave to, to speak out. Cause obviously you get like the mediocre white dudes that like, right. You know, <laughs> like, but I, I just, I really wish that other people in, in my, and just in feel like in professions in general would just kind of like, listen and just like, like, no, like I have a saying that's like normalize shutting the F up until you learn about something. <laughs> it's just like, you know, seriously. Just, sit and, and like I'm no expert like all these topics we're talking about like I, I hope I'm not claiming any like major expertise because it's really it's just like listening listening and believing people so right. yeah. I appreciate um yeah what you're sharing there yeah <laughs> but can you talk a little bit because I I did like a little bit of background so I know Shanika was very much familiar with you I wasn't so I did my little research um, and I checked your blog and there was something that really, really stood out to me was, uh, there's a couple of factors, but, um, the first one in one of your blogs, you mentioned about self-care and nourishment as opposed to deprivation. And mm -hmm. then you talked about, um, caloric, like calories is just a measure measurement of energy and right. how like the standard of, you know, the 2000 calorie diet and the, the background oh. and yeah. So if you could, if you could kind of like catch people up and talk a little <laughs> bit about it, because I was just like, I read the article and it was like, like everything that I intuitively felt, you know, can't make this connection. Right. <laughs> was like, I kind of knew this on the inside, but I had all this other stuff on the outside telling me no. And then when I read your article, it was like, poof. And I was just like, this makes sense. Because I just, and I'll, I'll shut up in just a second so you can talk what always just got my goat was tracking, like Shanika was saying, tracking my food and my intake and just like being starving, right? Yeah. The yeah. moment I let that go and just focused on, like you said, the nourishment, like, am I eating enough for the calories that I'm going to be expending? Cause I know I'm about to do an intensive workout today, right? Yeah. And so making sure I have my fats and make sure I have my proteins, but also paying attention to the foods that irritate me and don't irritate me and therefore eating those, it was like an automatic shift and my body started doing what it needed to do instead of doing this whole like, oh, I got to eat a protein. I got to eat at this. I got to eat a carb. I got to blah, 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 that type of thing. So if you can kind of talk a little bit about the nourishment versus deprivation and the caloric uh. stuff. Oh my gosh, no, absolutely. So, um, so yes, so, so calories are 
you know, there's this kind of like negative perception around calories, but it's really just a unit of energy. Like it's just how we measure how much energy is stored up in food. There's actually a little machine that that was part of how like they determine calories that literally like you put food inside of it, blow it up until it's charcoal and measure gases that are released. Obviously that is not like, you know, cause you're measuring. (laughs) I know, right? Thinking in my head, it's like, is that what my stomach and intestines are? Are they blowing up food? (laughs) I always tell my clients, I'm like, yes, if that was how digestion actually works, like spontaneous human combustion would be like a much more. Oh my God. Could you imagine? (laughs) Sorry, y'all. I'm just combusting over here. It wasn't wasn't a fart. It was just like, I mean, Um, yeah, so, so so calories are just this like unit of energy. And when we reframe it that way, like it makes a lot less sense that like we like we should restrict calories. It's like, no, we need enough calories. But then you got even further, like enough calories is way more than what mo- most people like think that they need because like our like you know, air quote health has become all about like, weight management and all about this idea of calories in calories out so like specifically with the article um you you were mentioning with like two two thousand calories being on the back of food labels as a standard like that is less um like that is less energy than like average like any like adult person actually needs so no matter the gender like you know your your energy needs like on average like yes there may be some people who have lower energy needs because human like diversity is just like infinite but like for the most part like people need a lot more than that and so we have this like idea of how much food we need to eat that is is so like that leaves people feeling hungry all day. And, and so what happens when we're hungry? Like what happened? Like, yeah, like you, like eventually like you're going to eat and you're going to probably eat in a way that feels really out of control, that feels really impulsive and, um, you know, and ends up feeding into these beliefs that like, well, I'm just like an uncontrollable eating machine monster. Um, But yeah, I mean, like on top of that with calories, like the one thing I always like to really educate my clients on is that, you know, our energy needs change from day to day. Like Mm -hmm. if you, like you were talking about doing like a vigorous workout, like obviously that impacts your energy needs, but even things like, you know, time of the month for people who menstruate, like, you know, um, temperature, um, how much sleep you got the night before, like different medications, like our energy needs are not this static thing. And it's not like a bullseye that you have to hit like just Mm -hmm. the right amount every single day. Mm -hmm. Like human, like humans can eat, like Mm -hmm. like you're going to have days where you eat more than what your body needs. And you're going to have days where like you eat less. And it's like over time, if we're kind of sort of like listening to our our hunger and fullness cues and paying like semi-decent attention to your body, like, you are, you are going to eat an amount of food that is appropriate for you. Right. I just also want to say, I loved how you said that there's no such things as his or hers plates, that it's okay to eat more than your partner, which is cause like, I can, like I said, I can get down on some food and that's so true because I mean, when I was married and, you know, I'm like serving dinner or whatever, like 
I've always been the one, like I work out this and that. So I'm just like hungry, hungry, hungry. So I'd be eating what he's eating or even more. And I'd be good because it's like, right. I'm exerting more. Right. But then I used to fall into, cause I used to follow someone and she's just like, ladies, our bodies are different than men's. You know, you don't, you have to eat less and this and that. And I'm like, but, but bitch, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> no, like, I am hungry with it. Oh, I am hungry. So um, that's like, um, you know, the guy I'm seeing now, like I made us some sandwiches the other day and they were like equally yoked. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and like equally yoke your plates. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, cause I work out, you know, I'm drinking a lot yeah. of water, this and that I need it. Otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to splurge on stuff. That's probably not good for me. Right, right. So, um, yeah. So here you go. I'll, and I'll probably steal what you said. There is no such thing as his and hers plates and put it on like our podcasting and tag you that, in that's it. A quote. Because, okay. Because that's another yeah. like mental thing that like messes women up. Like you can't eat as much as your man because it's not cute or it's not ladylike or it's this oh, or that. Or you're going to get fatter and blah, blah, blah. And like just the diet culture and everything that we've been fed into, like mm-hmm. big burly men and women are supposed to be weak and scrawny. totally like you like frick no i'm doing headstands and whatnot i need how how are you going to be scrawny (laughs) if you're going to sit here and gestate a bean for like nine to ten months and then push them out and then nourish them until they wean like you can't be scrawny off of that like you you can't (laughs) we have like i see this with like teenage girls a lot too Mm -hmm. where like you know there's always the joke about like you know teenage boys like eating people out at like parents out of house and home and like Mm -hmm. yes that happens but also like teenage girls too like right normalize like we like we need to eat a lot of food like we have high energy needs and Mm -hmm. like you know there's nothing nothing wrong with that um Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I definitely like I noticed with my husband like some days I might eat more than him at dinner other days Mm -hmm. less but at the end of the day like we also are eating different like we might be apart all day and maybe like he's been snacking a lot and Mm -hmm. I haven't or vice versa and like it just, you know, this like looking meal to meal is it, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of go into like, you know, in our society, what and how you eat, and I'll even say who you eat, um, has become such a oh, a political part. Political judgment thing, you know, how people and I, and like, I used to be like vegetarian, vegan, so no shame to them, but like how people put in their title, like, oh, I'm a vegan as if mm-hmm. it's like a badge of honor, right. you know, and um, that's just your eating, you know, like, I don't, it's like, okay. you know, it's just so weird how we're now titling what we are by what we eat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's like, yes. you know, it's, very- <laughs> I don't know. it's just, <laughs> It's very cultish. Like there is, um, there's actually a really interesting episode. There's a great podcast called um, Food Psych, and um, mm-hmm. Alan Levinovitz is a um, actually a professor of religion, uh, religious studies, mm-hmm. and um, did a, a podcast episode about like how essentially about that, like kind of like the the sort of like like identifying yourself as as different, like the cultishness that happens within the nutrition world. Um, mm. And yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, he was sort of talking essentially about how, like, as we become, you know, less religious, like that this is sort of like one way of-, of Like people, a replacement. Yeah, finding like community essentially. Mm. And like it is, and it's so funny because there is that kind of like, 
you, there is this kind of like moralizing like other people, like I think about, um, I don't know, I, I tweeted something really innocuous once and I swear to God, I had like four to five days of like, I even had like death threats from people with carnivore in their body. Stop. <laughs> Every time I was like, I can't, and it's, it's kind of, but like, it doesn't really, but like, it was more kind of humorous than anything, but um, I mean, but that's still like, I can't imagine if you had to deal with that all the time, like all the time. So there is this like very, like this, this cultish aspect of it. And there's so much moralizing around like food choices and this idea that like the way I eat is like the best way to eat. Mm. And it's, it's, it's just it's, um, yeah, I mean, it creates like, um, it, it really, oh, what, what am I, I mean, obviously it creates a lot of toxicity. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it also feels a lot of like really disordered eating because mm. most people, what is helpful for them, um, health wise doesn't fall into these arbitrary like distinctions. So sure. you know, I like to eat in a more plant centered way. I'm not vegetarian. Right. I'm not vegan. But if I'm going into that saying like, I am going to be a vegan or <clears throat> excuse me, or I'm going to eat a veg- uh, eat vegetarian, mm-hmm. I'm making my food choices, trying to align with this definition mm-hmm. rather than trying to align with like what feels good for me and what's right. enjoyable for me and like what I have access to in the moment. And mm-hmm. so like we can take these values, like if someone decides that they like, I don't know, feel better eating a more carnivore like pattern of eating or a more paleo like pattern or whatever, like cool, mm-hmm. more power to you. Like uh, glad you find something that, that makes you feel good. Right. Don't like you don't have to like follow these rules. Like, do you mm-hmm. really think your body cares if you have like a little, like, I don't know if you do, 30 or pillow whenever and eat some beans one day because you like beans like right people, our body was designed to, to to human beings are successful as well pff, successful as a species not so successful for the world at large but <laughs> <laughs> um but this we're able to make a meal no matter where we went around the world and so yeah. um we are really like we're really versatile with food and we don't get enough give ourselves enough credit for that like and it's and it's a cycle it's gonna be forever changing like I said I used to be vegetarian vegan um and it was so funny it was during my yoga training I'm like sitting in class and like I said I'm always freaking hungry um and we had like a guest trainer that weekend I'm like want some moos. I'm going to rice bowl. And I think I'm going to add some chicken to it. I think I'm going to start eating meat again. And next thing you know, we got into a discussion within our class about, you know, like vegans and eating meat and cheese and this and that. And, you know, some people, you know, got offended or whatever, I, which I understood because of the way it portrayed like the speaker, like you could tell she would kind of went off on a tangent, probably something that was said to her. So she was just like, go, go, go. And I don't want to say triggered, but you know, like she remembered something and she kept going. And then, you know, our teacher came in the next day and we talked about it and like, one thing that stuck out. And I think I may have um, tweeted it to you one time when um, her teacher told her or someone she knows um, was like, when did food become a virtue? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to get to heaven quicker for being a vegan or for eating meat. And I remember even when I was vegetarian, people were like, why eat meat? Because the Bible says so. And I'm like, And maybe that could be another reason why people go away from religion because, I mean, from the religion and are like, you know, let's thank the earth, let's thank the moon, let's thank the grass beneath us, let's thank the tree that built our table. You know what I mean? Because they probably heard from somebody else too. Well, I eat meat because God says so. So... 
Instead of like, does that even agree with you? And and going yeah. back to like, you know, your intuitive eating and like you, you know, um, studies and stuff. So and it's like I don't eat every day, but I am back to eating it. But when I do eat it, and again, this is my privilege, you know, even as a black person, I do have privilege of where I live. I get the best meat or, you know, the best chicken or, you know, fish or steak, you know, I have the options, mm-hmm. um, you know, to do that. And like, so it's like, even I'm saying, yeah, I can eat whatever I want, but then there's still privilege in choosing to eat whatever I want. You so. have the options of what you can mm-hmm. eat as opposed mm-hmm. to the options being already set for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was interesting what you were kind of saying about that, because I think, uh, you know, we sort of human beings, we are our sort of anxious perfectionist nature, like, mm-hmm. there's definitely like some of us who are more and I would say a lot of us who are much more um, like we want to have roles that are given to us, like it's kind of this like, you know, this, this perfectionism of like, if I do the things right, or like this, almost like desire for almost like this authority and Mm -hmm. someone to say like, like with health, like things that you're like, of course, like afraid of death or afraid of getting sick or like, Mm -hmm. you know, afraid of being, you know, ostracized, um, by, um, our, our friends or family, if we're at a higher weight, like these are all really valid, um, valid fears and anxieties. And then you have this sort of like authority that comes in and it's like, you just have to follow these rules and then you'll be okay. But that's just like not how it works for 99% of people. And and it's really like, it is, it's this like way dieting, um, you know, dieting, diet culture, fat phobia, like it is all these ways of, um, it is a way of like dealing with anxiety and it's a way of, of just, you know, um, yeah, it is like there where am I going with that? But yeah, it's, it's just like, it's really a way of yeah. dealing with our own, like very legitimate anxieties about health, yeah. life and, and, and our, our cultural, conne- or right. our social right. connection. how we fit so, in the world yeah, and all that. <laughs> so I'm already thinking we will definitely have to have you back on again, because we can keep going and going, but yeah. I want to jump to tell us about your book, how hey. it came to be like, hello, that's the main reason. Self-promote girl, self-promote, self-promote. <laughs> I am, cool. I'm reading a book that's called the art of self-bragging. So I I'm like, there is no such thing as, you know, shame, like shameless promotion, promote yeah. yourself. Well, I will be really, I appreciate that because I have like, I got hard copies of my book. I know it's so it's pretty. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. <laughs> because I'm like, it's like, I have a box of, of books that were sent to me and they're sitting in my corner and it just like makes me feel like anxious and like, oh my gosh, like this is just too big. Let me just ignore it and put, in a, put it in a corner. No, you should like... <laughs> Like go to the grocery store and be like, oh, what did you say the price was? And have your book, you know, like when someone gets newly engaged, you're like, a chew. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So I need some book you were reading, clearly. Um, yeah. So I read a book called um, Gentle Nutrition. Um, and essentially what it is, is, you know, I really wanted to create something that is a non-diet approach to um, how how to engage with nutrition. So, you know, we like all of the nutrition information out there, so much of it is centered around like weight management, weight control, like, like mm-hmm. weight being this like key to health. And, you know, there's a lot of it, like wanting to, to uh, you know, wanting to eat healthier and wanting to feel better with food. Um, so it's a thing people deserve access to, but when you, when it's all rooted in, in like weight loss, weight management, changing your body size, like 
A, that makes a lot of the information not so accurate, but also B, it just makes it like inaccessible for people who, who want to just like eat, like pay attention to what feels good without like the number on the scale. So, um, so yeah, so, so basically it's like 60% content, 40%. I did recipes because as you, you know, from following me, I really enjoy cooking and recipe yes. development. So, um, yeah, so I, I sort of have, um, you know, essentially it goes through, um, starts with talking about like how weight isn't health. It helps like redefine health away from this, like, you know, being imperfect, like never getting a disease ever, like immortality kind of view that we have of health, but towards like, how do you feel day to day? Do you have the resources that you need to, um, you know, just like feel good and, and live do the things that you want to do. Um, it talks about like, there's a, um, you know, I have chapters that are on like, you know, what is gentle nutrition, like really like general loose nutrition guidelines and like how we can apply it in a flexible way. Um, you know, and then like resources for like, how do you actually put these gentle nutrition behaviors into action? Like just like easy, like, like how do you form healthy habits? How do you like, you know, like, meal plan in a like flexible way where it's not like Monday I will have this Tuesday I will have that like really rigid so I fail with meal plan I I I mean I've tried it but I get bored and then if I have to know that I'm going to eat the same thing tomorrow it's not going to be a success yeah yep it's that that sort of like flexible meal plan because that is like there's so many times where people want to make like health promoting changes but Mm -hmm. it's like how do you actually put this like you know, this big picture goal, how do you put it into action in an actual like sustainable way in a way that's not this like rigid kind of all or nothing, um, uh, you know, uh, thing. And so, um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of it. It comes out February 23rd and yay order it now. So if this podcast happens to go out before then, um, Oh, it will. Okay. Okay. So yeah, pre-orders really make a big difference for, um, for like the launch release of a book. And so, um, that on, well on Amazon, which is easy, but also like go to bookshop.org and you can order it and support independent, um, bookstores. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, you know, Amazon's like a, I don't know, is it a necessary evil <laughs> or is that just what I tell myself when I say <laughs> click two it's days to make? We really try to wean ourselves. I know. Yeah. I saw like a meme where it's like um, me talking crap about Amazon and they're like typing up and then I go and pick up my package and they like are typing, 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 hear the doorbell <laughs> and then go get their package. Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> right. Oh, I feel so bad. I try, you know, I, listen, I try. I it's try to support the local. We, like, <laughs> I felt like Rachel, what you were saying was like we like to prescribe things or to like a certain type of value to it, and then it's like if we take it out that context and just look at it as it what it is, it's like you know, okay, it's not so much of the the value point as much as it what it what it does. Like it's a business, and we just as much as you utilize other businesses like your Kroger's and you know your Exxon gas stations or whatever. Yeah it's just a business. It's the one that you use that we're now, right. this is a new concept of prescribing a value towards a business and how they're supposed to interact with society, as opposed to before they were like, we bought this money, we offer you a thing and you pay us. And that was the, the known thing. And now we're yeah. like, well, I want to feel good about my purchase. And that is going to a great place. And Damn judge. <laughs> No, I'm saying like, I I say that with the whole, like, I do the same thing. And it's like, 
I have to remind myself, like, girl, it is a, it's a business. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. We can have, like, actually, that's a really good, because I, I use this example a lot with, um, with clients, like, we can have values of, like, a certain way of eating or, like, you know, certain ethical beliefs around food. And, and just, like, I have, like, certain ethical beliefs around, like, you know, Amazon and, and a lot of, like, you know, companies. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, we don't always live out our values 100%. And, no. It's like, it's okay. Like I have a value of like recycling. And sometimes like if there's not a recycling bin, like I'll put plastic or paper or whatever in the trash because that's just like what's most convenient. Same. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry, but I'll get you next time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're living in a system that like doesn't make it easy to like, you know. know, And that's on purpose. I know. Listen, y'all, we're all doing the best that we can. Well, listen, more some than others, but you know. We are all truly doing. Just real quick, what was like um, the timeline of you, you know, um, getting a book deal, writing, publishing, all of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was last year. Um, it was, well, 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and not last year. Because um, we're in 2021. Um, so uh. was, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so it was actually the, the publishers who had reached out to me and I never thought cool. I really wanted to write a book, but they mm-hmm. um, had this kind of like concept for you know an intuitive eating book that that was about like you know nutrition that's not and so anyhow it was always it happened to be like the the thing like the idea for a book that I had always had in the back of my mind I was like well I will never ever write a book but if I ever do this was what it would be about like well I guess we'll go ahead and and yeah like that that stars are aligning so yeah um, yeah so I signed that um in November 2019 started work on it and it was what like a it was like a six-month process um seven month something process of writing and then um and then the recipe development part like I kind of did that that was like another three months of doing the recipe development and photography so um yeah so I'm very like it was a lot (laughs) yeah but exciting how exciting so the majority of the book work that you did like the development was all most mostly last year or was it the majority of 2019 it was yeah so the majority of it was in 2020 so yeah so like this it kind of worked out to have a pandemic so less commitment so focus At the beginning, I was like, I already feel like when we went into quarantine and stuff and like, I was like, well, I've already been doing that the past three months because I've been writing this like damn book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, man, like I've been in quarantine so much longer than everyone else. Right. So funny. Okay, so just um, again, well, we've already talked about the book, but tell people where they can find you, follow you. This is your time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So Instagram is probably where I'm really most active. So I'm at Rachel R A C H A E L. Then Hartley H A R T L E Y R D. So like registered dietitian. Mm -hmm. Um. I also have a website and blog that I I update weekly, and um, that's RachelHartleyNutrition.com. Um. I do um, Twitter our Hartley RD, I think. And um, yeah, those are probably the places I'm most active there. Okay, cool. And I'll put these in the show links, of course, and then all the info to buy the book and everything. But like I said, we'll probably definitely have you on again, because I didn't even get into like other stuff. But you know, it's, 
I'm trying to be cognizant of people's time, um, <laughs> but um, I was say because you also offer services. I, I, know. I know exactly. So we'll definitely have to have you on again and like you know walk us through that and you know your thoughts on this and that. Like it can, it's a lot. Yes, absolutely. No, this was such a fun conversation though. So I'm really um, appreciative of y'all reaching I'm out. Excited, absolutely. Yeah, a fun Sunday, a fun start to my Sunday. I know, oh, seriously. So, well, again, thank you so much. So appreciate it. I'm going to order the book. Um, you know, if I get it from Amazon, don't, count. Look, look, if I get it from Amazon, don't say anything, y'all. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I go back and forth when it comes to recipe, well, not recipe, but like for your book, because it's such a, like, it's not only recipe, but it's also something that you can use as like, um, like a reference. Thank like, you. Reference. Yeah. Book. Yeah. So reference. So I go back and forth with that because I'm like, I kind of like having the Kindle version because it keeps it light, but also with those types of books, I like the hard copy. So I'm uh-huh. like, Ooh, I think we have to buy both. <laughs> oh, yeah. So since yours is recipes and like a reference, what would your sub, like what topic would it fall under? Like, you know, like on Amazon, Heather, like bestseller list for this and that, would it be considered a cookbook or? I don't think it's falling under bestseller. I'm just saying. Let's put it out there. Like that's the intention. We're going, we're going to throw this intention out there. We're going to hype you up, Rachel. Like you are not going to leave. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think it's under reference. So yeah, I think I'm pretty sure. Um, but I actually don't know. That might be a good thing. For me. Yeah, I was just wondering just yeah. for, you know, I just, yeah. I just, I just wonder random things sometimes. That's what keeps me up at night. So again, thank you so much. Much appreciated. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you guys so much. You too. Thank you. Bye. Once again, you can pre-order Rachel's book, Gentle Nutrition, A Non-Diet Approach to Healthy Eating on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and IndieBound.org. You can follow Rachel Hartley on Instagram, and her name is spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L-H-A-R-T-L-E-Y, or go to her website, Rachel Hartley Nutrition. And as always, you can find me and Janelle under Self-Created Podcasts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our email selfcreativepodcast.gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, like, share, spread the gospel. Um, one of our goals is, you know, to continue to grow. We truly appreciate everyone who listens, who shares, who comments, um, likes everything. It's truly, truly appreciated. So until next time, take care. Bye.